Good morning, my family. We're going to stand today. We'll give him the glory with our voice. Amen. Let's worship the Lord together.
Amen, church. Thank you, Jesus. We'll give him our praise this morning. Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand when everything around me is shaken.
because of that unfailing love that he has for us and that dedication that he has for us, we sing this song with fervor from the innermost parts of our being. Come on. Because he's worthy of every song we could ever sing. And worthy of all the praise we could ever bring. So worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever say, Oh, so worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. heart today. Come on. Every voice in this place, we declare it together saying, I will build my life. I will build my life. 
be shaken because I'll do this. Church, prayer is a powerful, powerful tool that the Lord has given us, that we could actually talk to him, our creator, that we could pour ourselves out to him. Yesterday, we did a prayer walk at an abortion clinic. This first slide is where we are getting our praise on, and we were getting ready spiritually for what we were about to embark upon. Then we marched down the aisle and we walked a block and a half or two blocks down the street and we got to the abortion clinic and we're behind the clinic, but there's three big windows there and that's where they do the abortions. And there were 20 women inside ready to have an abortion. And they heard us praying and they saw us Four of the women turned away and said, I don't want an abortion. That last slide is the team that was there. There's a few missing. They had already gone. But there were 55 of us from our church there. And we lifted up the name of the Lord and we ministered. And then afterwards, we came back to the park and we ministered and praised God. And I was taking testimonials and I said, you know, there's some of women that have had abortions and we want them to know as a church how much God loves them and we love them and there was a young lady there in the crowd that marched with us she came to the pulpit and was crying uncontrollably and she just fell in my arms and I held her and she goes I had an abortion when I was 17 and I've carried this for years And I said, today I want you to name your baby. She goes, his name's Abraham. And I go, let's give him to the Lord. And she was set free and found healing. Then there was another lady that got free. And there were two men there from that walked with us, said, I funded an abortion for my wife and we didn't know what to do. But today we found freedom. I want you to know that I don't know what you're going through. Whether you had an abortion or you're just going through a really big trial in your life. But I want you to know our God is bigger than your problem. He's victorious. He's a conqueror. This weekend, Frontline Resurrection Ministry held a women's recovery conference supernatural, powerful. So Father, we're believing 
that you're going to keep setting people free. And those that have been set free are going to stay free because they're going to be walking hand in hand with you. So God, we empty our hands today of anything we've been holding on to and we surrender it. God, you don't have to pry it out of our hand. We're giving it to you. We're surrendering it. We're saying, have your will, your way in our life. Lord, there's people in this room having marital problems. They're really at it. There's some, Lord God, that their children are so out of control. Some are addicted. Some don't want to go to school. There's some that their parents are so out of control and their kids have been praying for mom and dad. Lord, there's people that, Lord, at work and in the marketplace, it's it's been brutal. God, we're just believing you to do a supernatural work, Father God, for every person whether they're in this sanctuary or watching online. For those of you online, God loves you and he's right there with you. God, we pray for the war going on right now in Israel with Hamas. God, some of our troops might be called in. God, I pray a covering over, Lord God, that whole territory. And I pray a covering over the United States of America. And I pray, Father God, for the violence to end in our city. And I pray, Father God, for Albuquerque to come and become a flourishing city of blessings and not curses, of deliverance and not addictions. So, God, we're believing for great things and mighty things and many other things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And God's people shout out, Amen. Praise the Lord. Jesus, for our time with you, Lord, for breathing life, Lord, where it seemed there was no life, Lord, and for that we say thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Give him one more, one more. Come on, he's all deserving of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Hey, church, as we celebrate the Lord, let's celebrate being here together with one another and greet one another in Jesus' name.
God is good. Oh, man, God is good. And all the time. Amen. Thank the Lord for his presence in this place today. Church, we want to welcome you to the house of God. Um, we are New Beginnings Church, and we just uh, met church. My name is Michael Romero. I don't know why I introduced the church that you're standing in. But church, my name is Michael Romero, and it is my honor and privilege to be with you this morning. Church, um, we have some important uh, information for you today. And uh, Pastor Cindy, will you join us on the pulpit this morning? Can we uh, welcome our first lady, our pastor, Pastor Cindy? There you go, my sis. Thank you. Yes, you're very welcome. Good morning. I like it. I can see everybody up here. (laughs) So, church, we wanted to talk about something so special, church. Uh, Behind me, you see the graphic. Uh, Church, we are so excited to announce, and for those that didn't know, the ladies of the church that are part of Sisterhood, number one, we've made so many invitations to Sisterhood because it is, it's, as it were, popping. It's popping. It is popping, man. Where's Uh, my Sisterhood out here? Sisterhood. All right. Man. Praise God. It is loud up in here because of it. Uh, Pastor, you know. You guys in, in sisterhood, you guys just have just an amazing time. Uh, but we wanted to talk about, yes. number one, I know you guys get together uh, the first weekend, of the first Saturday. Yes, Am sir. I correct? Mm-hmm. The first Saturday of every month, and it's a potluck style. Brooke, tell us a little bit more about that part of sisterhood. Oh, it's a blast. Yeah. Uh, it's a time where we could show off either our cooking skills or shopping skills. And for me, it's shopping skills. Albertsons, <laughs> and, I, Albertsons and I are like this, you know. <laughs> But uh, we enjoy ourselves. And I think the, the main reason why I, I really felt led, mm. Michael, to do this for the Lord right. is because we carry so much, ladies, on our plates sometimes. And sometimes it can be just uh, heavy. And we just need a moment where we can sit down and visit with each other and laugh and have a great time, a good meal, and the good word. You know, this, this coming sisterhood on November 4th, Sister Merlinda Mirabal is going to be speaking. So I'm excited about La that. <laughs> there she is. It's a lot of yeah. fun. It's only an hour and a half. It's great. We get out usually wait, wait. on time. So Sister Merlinda, an hour and a half? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kidding. She's going, oh. No, Sister Merlinda. Not that long. La Patrona. I love it. Uh, so full of wisdom. I'm so glad to know that Sister Melinda is going to be a part of it. That's just an amazing blessing. And um, so we're happy to announce Yes. Um, I, I'm just thrilled about this. I've been the director and overseer of our women's ministries <clears throat> at Southside Church of God and New Beginnings for several years. And uh, this is going to be our first sisterhood women's retreat. Amen. And it's going to be in Glorietta, New Mexico. Can't How wait. <laughs> How exciting. It's going to be a blast. It's March the 8th through the 10th. All details are on the church app, NBCABQ, at NBCABQ. We made it really easy for everybody. Website, the same thing, NBCABQ. And I really would love to see a great turnout out there. We're going to have a blast. It's going to be a great time with the Lord and each other. And uh, so uh, we're not roughing it, though, like you guys. We don't have to take our sleeping bags. We don't have to take, <laughs> you know, they, they have kind of like hotel accommodations That's there right. on site. So it's, we're going to be spoiled, you know. <laughs> As you should be. As you should be. So, Pastor, this amazing retreat that you guys have, have been working so hard and diligently for for the last few months and trying to organize and all these details, 
we, we know what it's like to work on the details, right? And yeah. so it's been just uh, months of, of arduous work. Pastor, tell us, what can we expect? And I say we, not we, because I won't be there, ladies. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but for, for the ladies I'm that are planning, to going, are planning on going, yes. what can they expect? I know we have a dynamic speaker lined up. Oh, my gosh, the yeah. speaker. She's phenomenal. Uh, she's been heard by both Pastor Richard and Pastor Michael mm-hmm. at Mid-America Christian University. She is wonderful and came highly recommended mm-hmm. by both of these pastors. And her name is Pastor Crystal Culp. She's from St. Joseph mm-hmm. uh, First Church in Michigan. And I'm so excited because I cannot wait to receive. I'm going to get to sit and receive. <laughs> I'm just like, thank you, Jesus. And the theme of the entire uh, retreat is Becoming God's Leading Lady. Just a few thoughts, you know, in directing, film, television, stage, lighting is super duper important. Sometimes you have to make adjustments just so the mood is right and everything. is. Sometimes we have to make adjustments in our walk with Christ. Amen. So it's going to all be centered around becoming God's leading, la- leading ladies and how we become God's leading lady at the center stage of our lives and our ministries amen so i can't wait and even there's going to be a time where we can make up our own skits Mm. so that's going to be fun (laughs) we'll see how how creative we can get oh dear richard's already biting his nails looking at me like oh dear what's she gonna do (laughs) you've been warned (laughs) you've been warned (laughs) but i think too How do we stay humble when the crowd is roaring? But how do we stay in there when the crowd throws rotten tomatoes? That's rough. How do we not give up? Galatians 6, 9. Don't get weary, church, in doing good. Because guess what? In due time, every single one of us are going to reap a harvest. And the part B, here's the thing. Part B of that scripture says, if. We don't give up. So don't give up. I know sometimes it could be heavy. Maxine, I see how you and Fred, you're a beautiful woman of God, and he's a beautiful man of God. What you do is amazing. An amazing testament of who God is. And, you know, don't give up on those times when you feel so weary and exhausted. and Oh, the kids are crying and fighting, and the trash hasn't been let out, and your husband's leaving his... His chonus everywhere on the floor. <laughs> we don't do that. Richard, you don't do that, do you? <laughs> souls are all made up stories. I mean, let's get man. real. This is sisterhood, right? <laughs> but I mean, That's the first seriously. Of every <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, when things go, it looks like chaos around Amen. us. But always in the eye of the storm, God remains. Amen. And he, he makes sure that we are on center stage with him all the time because we are on center stage in his heart Amen. forever. Amen. So this retreat center in Glorietta, I yeah. know uh, you guys had planned something. So if you've ever been around Pastor Cindy for more than like 30 <laughs> seconds, you know she's all about fun, right? So it's not this just big open welcome center and then just a microphone for speakers. What else is in store for the ladies? I know there, I'm sure there are activities. Well, we're going to have some crafts, doing some crafts. Like I said, we'll do some skits and we will also have s'mores and that around a fire pit out there. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful setting in the mountains. There's hiking, there's, you know, all kinds of things you could get involved in. 
And uh, so all those other details are truly, I mean, I could stand up here and talk for about the next half hour, but there are so many things to do out there. It's wonderful. Dress in layers. I'm real good at that at this time of my life. <laughs> I dress in layers, but we know in March it's going to be a little chilly. Mm. So uh, wear comfortable shoes, tennis shoes, you know, anything that's really comfortable because we're going to be doing a lot of walking. So uh, I just want everybody to enjoy yourselves. The first uh, few women, 15 at to be exact, that register will get the early bird registration fee, which is $30 off. So I really want you all to come out, have a good time, invite others, and um, that's about it, really. Awesome. Well, church, you, see him there. you heard it directly from Pastor, the <laughs> organizer herself. And we thank Pastor Cindy for being up here. Thank you so much, <laughs> you. Pastor. You know, church, all of the details, like Pastor mentioned, those things like, hey, how do we get there? Can we carpool? We, we, we'll work on those, right? And you'll get the information as, as registrations start coming in uh, because it's all, all being worked out. But church, we, we couldn't do it without your faithful giving, right? Sponsoring some ladies. Church, if you say maybe ladies or maybe maybe you're a man of God, maybe you're just a family together that's been praying for something that you can get involved in. Church, if you can't make it or say, I want to get involved, although I can't go because either I'm a guy or for whatever reason, and you maybe want to sponsor a woman in your life or a lady in your life, or maybe you say, here's, here's I can't maybe sponsor a full sponsorship, maybe a partial sponsorship, and there's like a $20 it, you're more than welcome to do that as well. And you can drop that off at the tithing boxes at the entryways into this sanctuary, or you can annotate that when you're giving electronically, whether that's going to be via text message, our app, or online at nbcabq.com forward slash give. But the QR code to register is behind me or in front of you at the screen at home or at the Welcome Center. You can do it online as well if you go to nbcabq.com forward slash events. And we want to say thank you so much for always allowing us to do this kind of stuff. I can't wait to, to see what the Lord is preparing already for that amazing retreat and what's going to come out of it. Amen, church. And church, where are my young people at? I know they're standing in the back. Are you guys about ready, Brother Dave? Gotcha. He's going to watch the video. So church, um, if there are young people in the house and you want to be a part of an awesome, dynamic youth group, please exit those doors with Pastor David as soon as we dismiss. But church, uh, please turn your attention to the screens. Disciple gathered his story with filmmaker Charlie Men, who has a new documentary on fentanyl coming out soon. Here's the trailer to that film. Come on. So he was frothing at the mouth and like making this like noise, and I just heard him. Um, and I'm videotaping this so he remembers what's happening right now. Come on, Tuck. Mama needs you, buddy. Tucker's first fentanyl poisoning. When I found him, his phone was laying there on the ground, and I recorded him because I wanted him to see, like, how awful and scary that is. I said, like, Tucker, this is why you can't do drugs. It's a silent fight. So many people are fighting silently.
How big of a crisis is fentanyl today? We've never dealt with an issue this big before. Fentanyl has changed everything. One kilo of fentanyl can make upwards of uh, almost one million fentanyl lace pills on the street. How is fentanyl getting across the border so easily? In all means that you could even imagine, the sad thing is some of them are being carried by the innocence of the people that are trying to come into the U.S. The cartels do use a lot of them to be the mules. Joe Biden, I believe, is in denial. I don't really understand his policy on the border. Mexicans die as we get high, and that's no lie. Do you agree with that? Yes, I do. So everybody gets affected. Everybody is made in the image of God, and everybody is important. And if we lose them in the statistics, then we lose our focus on our mission because people are what's important. Not the numbers, but the individuals. Sum up fentanyl in one word. Poison. It's poisoning our community. It's poisoning our minds. I wish that none of us here in Albuquerque were familiar with fentanyl, but we have lost a lot of loved ones because of it. This is Charlie Mean, and he is a filmmaker, and he does primarily documentaries. And he just finished this one, and it's debuting in Albuquerque tomorrow. Charlie, speak a little bit about what's happening in our country with fentanyl. Thank you, uh, Mr. Nasco. It's, it's on, but they haven't. Uh, anyway. I talk loud. Um. Anyway, uh, it's an honor to be here before you. Uh, I actually used to live in Albuquerque 31 years ago. I, I, I can't believe it's been that long. I worked on the news, Channel 13. I was a crazy, spiky-haired sportscaster who would yell. And I look back at those days, and it's kind of embarrassing, to be honest with you. And uh, it, it was so long ago that at that time, KRQE was KGGM. And that's how long ago I'm talking. But... Um, Anyway, uh, it's, it's great to be back. It's actually wild to be back. Um, a couple of years ago, my friend asked me this question. And, and again, I didn't say this, but my friend asked me, have you been back to Albuquerque? And I was like, why do you say that? And then I started really researching it. And it's unfortunate what this city has become, to get right to the point. Unfortunately, we have too many criminals in this city running around destroying families. Someone has to say it, and if it's me, then so be it. And every time I go on TV, I challenge Sam Bregman, uh, Ms. Grisham, Mr. Keller. I think as Albuquerque people, the beautiful people of Albuquerque, we're sick and tired of the lip service. We need action. Uh, we need change. We need results. Uh, I can't do it alone. I, all I do is I make documentaries to inform, educate, and raise awareness to the highest level for change. So with that said, the movie Fentanyl Unlimited will play tomorrow night at the Flicks Brew House in Albuquerque, just for one night. Now, if it does well, guess what? They may add a bunch of shows like they did in Austin. We sold out in Austin, Texas, and they added a few more shows. So this is a critical, clean sweep of this poison, this the deadliest opioid in the world, the deadliest drug in the world. 
It's the leading cause of death for Americans ages 18 to 45 today. I'm talking about fentanyl. It's all over Bernalillo County, and it's only getting worse. And families are being destroyed. You'll see it in the documentary. You will see the damage that is left behind. There is nothing worse in the world than a parent losing their kid. Nothing. There is no word in the English dictionary for it. I don't know why. We have widow. We have orphan. We don't have a word in the English dictionary for a parent who loses their son or their daughter. And I think there should be. So we can connect more to those people. Because they feel so empty. Their life is forever altered. And I feel for them. And I've interviewed plenty of them in my career. I've made 39 documentaries. Uh, you can watch 30 of them on Amazon Prime. Most of them are in Mexico about the drug war, the people affected in Tijuana and Juarez. So when I was a sportscaster here in, in 1992, and by the way, great job by the Lobos yesterday, right? Uh, they beat Hawaii 42 to 21, I believe. And I, I said, score one more touchdown, and we truly have a Hawaii 5-0. So anyway, um, when I was in Albuquerque tw uh, 31 years ago, I, I was an immature kid. Um, many ways, I was pathetic. And I didn't belong on television. I was right out of college. And I found my humanity gene that I never thought I had. In 2010, when my career started as a filmmaker in Las Cruces, New Mexico, about an unsolved bowling alley massacre that today, to this day is still unsolved. It's, it's pathetic that it's not solved. So if you guys want to look into it, it's called The Nightmare in Las Cruces. I got really lucky. Lionsgate picked it up, and my career started. So um, I made a film earlier this year in Albuquerque about uh, a masseuse who had a business on Manal, Sue Fong. Please look at her story. About a year and a half ago, she was shot 10 times inside her massage parlor on Manal. So I made a movie about that. Uh, we have some horrible things happening in this city, and that it really needs to change. And again, if it's me to say it, then so be it. Somebody has to say it. Somebody has to speak up for these people, these families that are being devastated. Because when I lived in Albuquerque in 91, 92, 93, it wasn't like that. Yeah, there was crime, but not like today. It's revolting. And if you watch KLB News tonight after the football game, you'll be able to see another report on, on, on fentanyl. So uh, for more information on the film, please go to fentanylunlimited.com. All the information is on there, all of it, fentanylunlimited.com. Afterwards, when you guys leave, I have a table set up. I can give you a flyer, and I have some of my documentaries from Juarez and Tijuana. And I just found out that Pastor Mansfield is from El Paso and Juarez, so he knows what I'm talking about when I talk about the violence, uh, not so much in El Paso, but especially Juarez. And in El Paso, where I lived for nine years, we had an ugly incident where a killer, a racist killer, walked into a Walmart four years ago and tried to kill as many Mexican people as possible. So we're in trouble. Our society is in trouble, and uh, we need more activism. We need more awareness out there. So uh, I'll take any questions you guys have real quick if somebody wants to ask anything about fentanyl uh, or the documentary tomorrow night or anything else. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Okay. Bad lights. China. So China is killing us between COVID and fentanyl, and then it goes into Mexico and the Mexican drug cartels, uh, something I've studied for 13 years. I've actually been at Chapo Guzman's house. Uh, the Mexican drug cartels, Cartel de Sinaloa, 
Cartel Jalisco Nueva Generacion. Those are the two, two warring cartels that's bringing most of the fentanyl into the United States and destroying families. Uh, fentanyl is a poison that you cannot see, you cannot taste it, you cannot smell it. Uh, it it's a drug. I call it the invisible drug. I call it the, the sneak attack drug. This is a blindside hit that many uh, unsuspecting uh, users are taking. Uh, they don't know they're taking fentanyl. That was my greatest takeaway. Most people taking fentanyl don't know they're taking fentanyl because it's laced into heroin, meth, cocaine, and it's 50 times stronger than heroin, 100 times stronger than morphine. Uh, for these people taking painkillers such as Percocet, Oxycontin, and Xanax, uh, they're also being um, met with fentanyl, and guess what? All it takes is two milligrams, and they drop dead in one or two minutes. So if somebody is not there next to them with Narcan, you're probably going to go. So we have 150 Americans dropping per day, 70,000 dead per year, uh, and it's only getting worse. And those are reported deaths. It's probably over 100,000 at this point. And it's all over New Mexico. Hobbs, Las Cruces, Farmington, Grants, Gallup, you name it, the fentanyl is destroying our country. We'll take one last question. Yes. Yes, sir, I got it right this time. I have some flyers out on the, the table, but the best thing you guys could do is go on social media and, and just say fentanylunlimited.com. I have a new webmaster. He's brilliant. So anyway, I, I really thank you for your time. It's a blast to be back in Albuquerque, and thank you. Thank you. Charlie, <clears throat> we thank you so much for giving up your time to be with us today, especially for both services. Um, you have really been very bold with the statements you're making because we very well know there's a lot of families that have lost loved ones for overdose. And the problem is most people want to just ignore it. That's a problem we can't ignore. So thank you for this documentary. We pray great success. So would you agree with me in prayer? Father, thank you for Charlie. God, we're believing that you're going to keep your hand on Charlie Mame. You're going to protect him. He goes into territory that, Lord, most people are running away from. He's talking to cartel. He's talking to law enforcement. He's talking to dealers. He's talking to victims. He's talking to people so that people can really be educated on what's really happening in our world, happening in our city, in our county. It's happening in the largest cities of the United States, and it's happening in the smallest towns of the United States. This is a problem that is in every nook and cranny, and God, we're so concerned. God, we just had a conference this weekend on recovery. We have ministries like under his construction, like Frontline Resurrection Ministry, like God's Warehouse, that, Lord, are helping people break away from these horrible uh, addictions and horrible uh, drugs. I pray blessing over Charlie. I pray success over this movie. I pray that tomorrow's a sellout, and I pray that they have to hold it over because so many people want to be educated. I pray that, Lord God, you would continue to just give Charlie uh, visions and insights on what to continue to report on. And I pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Charlie, God bless Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
he does have some documentaries out there, and uh, we hope that you go by his table. And uh, it's it's just a, a horrible crisis. I mean, I was here Friday night and uh, part of the day yesterday, but I was also at the prayer walk and but, uh, the the recovery conference that Brother Tomas and Sister Renee ran was absolutely phenomenal. To hear the testimonials of people fighting addiction and have been set free was just like, oh, I just kept going, wow, did you hear that? Cindy and I were in the back cheering, and then, oh, my gosh, it got even better and even better and even better. And then they go, tomorrow? And I'm like, oh, my God. It was such a, an amazing gathering. But it was also amazing for some people that went into recovery because of it. So we're excited about that. <clears throat> Guys, I, I've been doing this sermon series called uh, The Basics of Life. And um, I, I I was reading a book by Tom Holliday, and it's putting, uh, putting it together after it's completely fallen apart. And in this book, uh, Reverend Holliday talks about making decisions and using God's words to make decisions. And I go, man, that's exactly, I was, I was going to be doing some research on that. And when I came across this article, I said, man, this is exactly what I want to talk about. Because we really need God's guidance in making decisions today. What used to be wrong is now right, and what used to be right is now called wrong. It's, it's really weird. And in this passage, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 2, verse 3, it says there, cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Then jump down to verse 9. Then you will understand what is right, just and, uh, and fair. And you will find the right way to go. Verse 10 says, for wisdom will enter your heart, and knowledge will fill you with joy. So, Lord, I pray blessing over this time together, that, God, we really take hold, and we ask that you to take hold of us, God, so we can really learn how to really use your word, make decisions, and I pray this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. So I want to talk about six tests, six ways to test a decision with God's word. So when you're facing a decision and you have to do something, the first one he talked about was the ideal test. The ideal test is when you ask yourself, is my decision in harmony with the word of God? Is my decision literally in line with God's word or is it clashing? Because a lot of times we really don't know God's word. We don't read God's word that often. We just try to accommodate God's word into our decision that we already made. Instead, we should be seeking God's word and seeking the decision in the word, and then the word will guide us into doing the right thing. Amen? And that's the thing that we get mixed up. That's why in the book of Proverbs, I mean, Psalms 119, verse 105, it says right there, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a guide, a guide to my feet and a lamp a light to my path. 
And it says, it's amazing how the Word of God literally illuminates where you should go. It guides you where you should go. I always think about that when I'm on an airplane and they're giving you the safety tips and they go, and in the aisle, in case of an emergency, the aisle will light up and guide you to the nearest exit. And I go, ooh, that'll preach, man. Because the word of God guides us to the nearest exit. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it says there's no temptation too great that will overcome because God will always give you a way of escape. God's word will lead you to that way of escape. God's word will guide you to that way out. God's word will literally take you where you're supposed to be going. And it'll show you how to get there and show you how to stay away from harm. Because too many of us want to be just a bunch of busybodies and, and see what's going on. And we go to the sin instead of running from it. And it's really horrible that we do that. Think about it. Every time there's a wreck on the road or the freeway or whatever, what do you do right away? You go three miles an hour and you're looking like that. And sometimes you say, well, I want to make sure it's my, not my friend. And you're like, you don't even live in that city. Of course it's not going to be your friend. Hey, what's going on? I'll busy, buddy. Look, what happened? What happened? What happened? And, and, and sometimes then you go, oh, they're only giving them a ticket. Oh, you shouldn't have been busybody, and you should have just kept the flow of traffic. But see, we want to make sure, we want to find out. Instead, the ideal test is, is this in harmony with God's word? Am I literally doing the things that his word says to do? Am I not doing the things his word says not to do? Or am I actually crisscrossing it? So that's the ideal test. Then you have the integrity test. And an integrity test is when you are making a decision and you really literally ask yourself, would I want everyone to know the decision I'm making? Do I really want everyone to know what I just decided to do? Because sometimes you would really want them to know because you're making the wise decision. But how many times have you done that decision that you've even told yourself while you're doing it, before you're doing it, don't do that, don't do that. Why, am I, why is that thought in my mind? I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Satan, get behind me. But then you get stupid and you go and push. No, don't tell Satan to push you. You don't need any help. You're already thinking it as it is. And then what do you do? You end up going after it and you do it. And if you really got exposed and you told everyone the decision you just made, my gosh, that's embarrassing. Like, man, you leave your chonis on the floor. (laughs) For those of you that don't know what chonis are, my wife was saying that I'd leave rose petals on the floor. She was ratting me out that I'd leave my underwear on the floor. Come on, man. Is that really something they need to know? See, what decision would you be making? What decision are If your decision is being exposed, is it going to bring glory to God or is it going to bring shame to you? You see, in the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 9, it says, people with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. Isn't that the truth? Haven't you done dumb things, and all of a sudden, your, your boss, your dad, your mom, your, your spiritual guide, your accountability goes, I told you not to do that. I know, I know, I know you're going to tell me, what were you thinking? I told you so. 
I know, I know. Well, then why did you do it? I don't know. I don't know. I just, I'm dumb. No, no, it's just you yielded to temptation. You see, God is trying to keep us, and he's trying to guide us away from those things. Look what he says right there in the book of James, chapter 4, verse 17. He says, remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. So he's saying, if you know you're not supposed to do that and you go ahead and do it, you're sinning. And if you know you're supposed to do that and you don't do it, you're sinning. And how many times do you go, oh, I knew better, I knew better. Oh, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with you is that you're not willing to yield, you're not willing to surrender, you're not willing to give these things up, and your intention, your intention is to just feed yourself. So you do what you want to do for you right now because what feels good, do it, and then you end up in a mess. And the book of Romans, chapter 14, verse 14, says, I know and am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food and of itself is wrong to eat. But if someone believes it's wrong, then for that person, it is wrong. Now, what he's talking about is before the Jewish people were not supposed to eat anything that had to do with pork and certain uh, seafood. And after Jesus, Jesus said, I've made all meats clean. And he even showed Peter in a vision, it's okay to eat pork. You can have bacon if you want it now. You can have red chili with pork in it. So he's like, orale. <laughs> so he ate, he ate red chili with pork, and he goes, oh, my gosh. Are there any of Merlinda's tortillas around here? <laughs> For the record, she not only preaches a good word, bring some tortillas that day, Merlinda, because I'm telling you, she makes some of the best tortillas in, that I've ever tasted in the world, okay? So all of a sudden, someone might go, don't eat pork. What's wrong with you? You're eating pork with red chili? We're not supposed to eat pork. So for that person, don't get all, what's wrong with you? Are you a baby Christian? They, their convictions are not to eat pork. So it's okay, don't eat pork. But don't condemn those that do. And if you eat pork, choose to eat pork, just say, hey, no problem. I'll get you some red chili with some chicken in it or red chili with beef in it, and I'll eat your portion. <laughs> I'm willing to sacrifice. <laughs> now, kidding aside, though, see, we need to really say, is this decision going to help someone or hurt somebody? And, and we really need to do that. Because if this decision I make is exposed, is it going to bring honor to God or shame to God? And, and we want to bring him honor. Then another test is the improvement test. And this is, will it make us a better person? Is the decision I'm making going to make me a better person? I want to be a better Christian. I want to be a better husband, a father. I want to be a better brother, a better son. I want to be a better mother. I want to be a better woman, a mother, a wife, a a sister, a daughter. Is it going to help me get there? In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23, it says, You say, I am allowed to do anything. But not everything 
is good for you. You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Now look, one of the big controversies in the Christian church is, is it a sin to drink a beer or a drink, alcohol? Well, the Bible says, it never says you cannot have alcohol. It's very clear, though, you are supposed to shun the appearance of evil. So not look like you're doing something wrong. And it also definitely says about getting drunk. It says you are definitely not supposed to get drunk. Okay? So then the question is, are you drunk or not? Oh, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. We're over here. Orale. Okay, I'm not drunk. <laughs> okay, I mean, I'm not trying to make light of it because I was a drunk. I was a drunk. I was a drunk and... I used to fight like, come on, man. Jesus turned water into wine. You know, you heard of God, the guy that got pulled over, and he goes, what do you have in the bottle? He goes, water. Let me smell that. The cop smell it. He goes, you got wine. He goes, would you look at that? He did it again. <laughs> no, see, we might make fun of those things, but you know what the reality is? It, it damages our life. It hurts us, and, and we, we, we end up getting messed up. So you really need to say, is this beneficial? is by me having this beer, if people from church see me, is that going to really help my testimony? Now, you might say, I don't care what they think. It's none of their business. You know what? It might not be. But you know what? I guarantee you, if you saw me drinking a beer, you'd be, orale, Pastor Richard's drinking a beer. Man, what the heck's up with that? Wouldn't you? Yeah, you would. And you know what? We have to guard our testimony. So is it really beneficial? Probably not. So use wisdom, the improvement test. Then there's the independence test. And that's a test that can this become addicting to us? Can what I'm doing become addicting? Look, I'm telling you, I've seen all kinds of stuff throughout pastoring. We always talk about drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol, drugs and alcohol. But let me tell you something. When the casinos came into this city, I'm telling you, man, there's families in our congregation that have lost their house, they've lost their car, and they've lost their jobs, and some have even lost their marriage because they got addicted to it. They started going, and I just, I only take $10 at a time because they have an ATM machine. Well, then... $10 turns into 20 turns into 50 turns into 200 Man, I mean, I've, I've seen all kinds of devastation. People that, that, that thought I would never be an addict. Because all we think about addiction is drugs or alcohol. But there's people that are addicted to gossip. My gosh, man, they cause all kinds of damage. I, I, know he, I knew he was going to start talking about that. I, I don't even have it in my notes. It just came to me right now. I don't know. Maybe because you were saying, oh, now he's finally going to talk about me. Yeah, okay, I am. You know, but, no, but there's overeaters that get addicted. There's, there's alcoholics. There's drug addicts. There's, there's pornography. There's sex addicts. We could go on and on and on and on of things that you thought were just innocent. It's no big deal. 
and you became addicted to it. And now you're out of control. That's why in the 12th step, step number one is admitting that your life has become out of control. It's unmanageable. It's like this thing has me. And let me tell you, the worst of us is, is, is people like I was. I was, a, I was a functional alcoholic. I went to work every single day, but I was out of control. I didn't realize how out of control I was. Till one day, my wife got a tape recorder. Now, for you all that don't know what a tape recorder is, <laughs> that means you're young. All us old people are going, ah, like if they don't know what a tape recorder is, they don't. If you hand them a cassette, they're going to go, what's this? Well, how weird. A cassette is this thing has a tape in it, and you would put it in a tape recorder, and if, it, if the band was loose, you'd get a pencil or a pen, and you'd tighten it, and then you put it in there. And I came home. I was all messed up, and she recorded me. And the next day, I walk in the kitchen, and I sit at the table, and and she was making some coffee, and I'm not a coffee drinker hardly ever, you know, and back then I didn't drink coffee at all. And so I'm sitting down, I'm getting some orange juice, and as I walked in, she hits the play button. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is that? Is that dude, like, drunk or something? Man, what kind of idiot is that? And she goes, go look in the mirror and find out. <laughs> and I went, ooh, baby, que paso? <laughs> Man, I thought, wow. And I'm listening to this, and I'm going, that's me? He goes, yeah. He goes, that's you every night. And I was ashamed, and I was like, what have I become? I'm not independent. I'm dependent. So make sure you're not making decisions that are causing your dependency. Look, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And even though I'm allowed to do anything, I must not become a slave to anything. Wow. So hear me. Make sure you're living free. The last two is the influence test. Will it harm others or help others? Is this going to harm people? Because I don't know if you realize how much influence you have in people's life. If you're the owner, everyone's justifying, well, he's a successful businessman. He's an owner. He does it. It must be okay for me. She's a businesswoman. He's the owner. It must be okay for me. My mom and dad do it. It must be okay for me. My brother and sister do it. That must be okay for me. My husband and wife does it. That must be okay for me. I mean, do you remember Peter and John? When Jesus resurrected, they came and said, they've taken the body of Jesus. He's resurrected. And they were like, what? They ran to the tomb. And it says John outran Peter. And when he got there, he stooped in, it says, and looked in the tomb. But he didn't go in. Peter gets there. He didn't even hesitate. Boom, he just went straight in, and it says immediately John followed. See, John influenced, I mean, Peter influenced John without him even knowing. He didn't say, hey, come on. No, the fact that he just went in, 
it influenced him. The fact that he just went in, it impacted him. The fact that he just went in, he said, if he could do it, I could do it. And that's how you and I live our life a bunch of times. If they could do it, I could do it. And we need to influence positive and not negative. I'll never forget years and years ago, it was back in 1986, Tony Anaya was the governor, and I was ministering to a bunch of gang members in the South Valley. And I was ministering primarily to SSL, Southside Locals. And I said to the principal at Rio Grande High School, like, well, why don't we start a leadership club? And let's invite all the leaders, student council leaders, football jocks, all the jocks, all the, the, the girl leaders, the guys leaders, and I'm going to invite all the cholo leaders. Because I wanted to let the cholos know that they are leaders. They're just, and I, so the, my message to all of them were, you guys are all the leaders in this school. And they're looking at each other and they're looking at the, all the gangbangers like, what, they're leaders? I go, yeah, all, every one of you are leaders because you're influencing people to follow you all. And they started realizing, man, that guy's right. And I said, and you guys, some of you are leading people right into righteousness. You're leading them to do good things righteous things. You're leading them to heaven, and some of you are taking them straight to hell. And so then all the good kids left because they were already wrapped up into good deeds, and soon counsel and on and on. But most of all the gangbangers stayed with me, and I started teaching them and helping them to see the power of influence and the power that they had to change community and we started doing food drives and clothing drives, and we started doing all kinds of stuff. And Governor Tony Anaya said, I love what you're doing. I want you to be part of the first gang task force that they ever had in the state of New Mexico. And I was a part of that. And because we were showing the power of influence. You and I have the power of influence. Romans chapter 14, verse 12 and 13 says, yes, each of you will give a personal account to God so let's stop condemning each other. Decide inside, uh, instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. So you're saying, ah, who cares, man? I can do whatever I want. I'm not bothering anyone. That's what you think. Why don't you take a survey at your house? Ask your husband. Ask your wife. Do I cause you to Stumble, better be ready for the answer. Ask your son or daughter. You think I'm a bad leader sometimes? You think I lead you guys the wrong way? I'm telling you, we don't see it all the time. In the book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, it says, we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this. We must not just please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up. Build them up in the Lord. This is what we need to do. So influence. And then the last thing is the investment test. You need to ask yourself through the word of God, Is it the best use of my life? Is what I'm about to do, is this the best use of my life? 
Yesterday was a never-ending day. This whole weekend was week, but yesterday got up early and was checking to make sure everything was good here. I just did a drive-by, everything was good, and I went straight to the prayer park. And I got to the prayer walk, and we did a prayer walk, and Cindy was at another event with Grief Share, a bunch of women and men over there. And then after the prayer walk, then we came over here, and somebody said, Pastor, you look tired. I go, me? I'm not tired. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I was really tired, man. It was like crazy. But you know what? It was the best use of my time because I needed to be there. And then after the convention was over here, I went to the event over under his construction that they're going to be talking about on KOB. And, and, and it's just amazing the things that God is allowing us to do. But you've got to ask yourself what it says like in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, 16, and 17. And he says, but be careful how you live. Don't live like the fools and like those, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. And don't act thoughtlessly. How many times did we do that? Oh, I can't believe I did that. But understand what the Lord wants you to do. So you know what? You can't be in tune with the word of God if you don't even know the Lord. And I really pray that you've surrendered your life to the Lord. And if there's someone here that never has and wants to do that, raise your hand and say, you know what, Pastor, pray for me. I want to receive Christ today. Anyone here today? Anyone here? We just want to celebrate with you then. Would you stand with us? And you know what, if you're at that place where you've been making some decisions that aren't the healthiest, Today, you can make the best one. And today, you can surrender and say, I'm going to give it all to you. As we sing this song, if you need prayer, make your way up. We'll just be another three minutes. Take time to pray. Take time to release your anxiety and your frustration over to the Lord. Would you make your way up? Yeah. 
Thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place, Lord, and for the transformation, Lord, transformations that are happening right now, Lord, as we speak, as we pray, Lord. You know, every prayer represented in every seat, every place watching from home, Lord, at every place here in the pulpit, Lord, here at the platform, Lord, you know every need. So, Father, we lift them up to you, Lord, in Jesus' name. We thank you for our time together with you here today, Lord, that these words don't go in vain, Lord, that... Uh, those that have come in, Lord, to be uh, comforted, Lord, we thank you for that, Lord, and, and for even the way you confront us today, Lord, with the truth of your word, Lord, we thank you as well for that, Lord, because no matter the way, Lord, uh, we don't leave this place the same way that we walked in, and for that we say thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Lord, um, for your comfort, for your peace, and your presence, Lord, in Christ's name. We pray, and his people said amen. Amen, church, we love you. We can't wait to see you again on Wednesday, church. God bless you. You dismiss in his name.